0: slash secret podcast. Don't miss out. This is going to transform your exam prep and help you enjoy the process of becoming a licensed architect. All right, enjoy the episode. I think having a smaller digestible contract is really important for getting the project because it feels a little bit more approachable. Alexandra, hi, how are you? When you started out, did you use the AIA contracts or did you create your own? Great question. I love this question because when you're going through the exams, it's like you better know those contracts like front and back. But I will tell you that I do not use the AIA contracts in my business and I did not use them when I was first starting out either. Now, I... I may have I may have done it differently if I had just started out on my own without a lot of experience and knowledge of what the contracts were in the firm I was working in. Because the AIA contracts set you up for safety. They're really there to protect you as the architect. They're like, I mean, even so much as like it takes responsibility off you and puts it on like the contractor. And so they are really set up. They're also very long. They're very detailed. They can be intimidating to anyone you're working with that's going to be signing it. So it could be intimidating to a client to receive a, you know, whatever 15 page contract. And before I started my own business, I was working for a contractor. And one time we were working with a younger architect who had just started his practice within a few years and he gave us an AIA contract to review. And the owner that I was working for was reviewing it and was like crossing everything out and just hating on the AIA contract. Like just saying like, nobody uses this. He's such a rookie because he's submitting an AIA contract. And so it was just an experience that I kind of, paid attention to. Again, I was working at that time for a contractor, not an architect. So it does make sense why the contractor was not too happy, not too keen on the AIA contract because it was providing a lot of that responsibility away from the architect and onto the contractor. So as an architect, that is great. However, I have found that these um, longer complex contracts are not totally necessary and can create issues. It depends on the typology you're working on, it depends on who you're working with. Are you working with, you know, a state run project? Are you working on a small residential project? So, when I first started out, I was working on small custom residential projects where it made sense to have a smaller contract. So, I have now since developed that it's been a 10 almost 10 years of slowly developing it, going through a lawsuit and developing it further after that lawsuit um, and I will tell you I didn't have the AIA contract when I was sued and that's a whole other topic I'm more than happy to talk about sometime because it's a great learning lesson and I will tell you just segue real quick is that the best learning lesson I ever had was going through a lawsuit when I was early in my career, and I wouldn't change it for the world, but my God, it's very tough to go through when you're going through it. But I didn't have the AI contract when when that happened, but I did have a fairly solid contract at that point, and it did protect me a lot. And I also had professional liability insurance, so it wasn't as detrimental as it could have been. So get yourself professional liability insurance when you're first starting out, no matter what, Even if you're just working for a family friend, because you never know what's going to happen once you start mixing business and family or friends. So professional liability insurance and a good contract. So I do have a contract that I offer on my website, which is dci.beyoungdesign.com. So if you want to go on there, I have a template that you can download. This is the one that I used back in the day, plus it's been developed over now. So it is important to have a good contract. It's important to have one that has been reviewed and includes the important things. And if you are starting out, I think having a smaller digestible contract is really important for getting the project because it feels a little bit more approachable if that makes sense. So good question. Um, Some stuff came in up top here. I want to just dive into. Um, Yeah, Scott says he doesn't use the AIA contracts unless it's required by the project owner. So that's a great point. Like if it's required by the owner or the client, like if it's um, some are required, if like it's a state or a government or, um, whatever, some might require it. So that's always something to consider. And having such a firm understanding of those contracts is important because a lot of what my contract is, is a form of that, just a little bit of a, um, it doesn't have some of the parameters that aren't really necessary. And then also in some of them, it kind of just rewords it in a way that is a little bit more understandable. So, understanding the contracts is so important. So Scott says that he developed a contract based on materials and resources purchased from Eric, uh, Eric Reinhold. I love Eric at 30 by 40 and Mark LePage at Entree Architect, my two favorite people. (laughs) Um, I don't have Mark's contract. I did get Eric's contract, like way back in the day, I think when he very first came out with it. So it was probably like 2013. And, um, but I do, I have in my notes, I was going to recommend some books to someone who asked. And Eric's book is one that I recommend. He's great. And Entree Architect is so great for just getting started on your business. They have a gr- uh, awesome Facebook group. I've been a part of that group forever. And it's really great. For like questions, and you know, when you're talking to other entrepreneur architects from all over the country, there's a lot of different opinions and information. So it's really, really helpful. But it can also get a little, uh, a little tumultuous over there as well. But it is really good. I love it. Scott said not in a lawsuit yet, but. Ha- But am currently in the middle of dealing with a former unhappy client who wants to take me to mediation. Yeah, so I have been told that it's not if you'll get sued; it's when, as an architect, and it makes sense. Like we're dealing with all sorts of people: client, contractor, uh, consultants, all sorts of things with building, and stuff can go wrong. And and buildings not cheap. So when you're dealing with that. Something might come up where the owner's like, I don't want to pay that. That's not my fault. I'm not going to pay that extra money for whatever issue it is. And then the contractor's like, oh, well, it's not my fault. I'm going to, you know, we always want to play the hot potato game. And so it is something that you, if you decide to go off on your own and start a business, you might, you most likely encounter it and it's okay and it's not the end of the world if and when it happens you'll get through it it doesn't feel good i had a lot of sleepless nights that time but protect yourself that's all you can do you can be honest what do you call it uh take the higher road be kind have insurance and have a good contract those are my tips <laughs>